Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of RT. I am MC Adam and today myself and Onyeka we're going to be having a discussion about a Nigerian film but we're going to be having this discussion within the context of what exactly is happening in the local film industry especially in Nigeria. A lot of things have been going on and we observe that now you have Netflix in Nigeria, a lot of people are tuning in and um, of course you have had DSTV in the past that had their programs that they showed on TV of which the DSTV, whether it was a South African con- company and it had this South African and Nigerian partnership but at least it was able to pump money into the industry and at least create some kind of um, job markets for the local actors and uh, industry practitioners as a whole and now we find real bigger players like the Netflix like and the Amazons coming into industry now coming into Nigeria and um, these people have like huge amounts of money and um, as much as we are going to be looking as at the movie living in bondage because you know we have had an old living in bondage in the past that was made about 25 years ago or thereabout but now we have a new one and this new one comes with all the modern the modernization that comes with the improvement that we have seen in film the film industry especially in the local film industry that is gradually bringing it to a point where it will compete favorably with the international uh, movies so in today's conversation we look at this film we kind of see compare the improvements that have been made from years ago and um, see exactly what this whole international partnership would make or do with regards to improving the industry as a whole thank you for tuning in and i will see you on the other side Hello, hello. Hi, guys. Dude, <laughs> I hope you're not living in bondage. Nah, man. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I'm fine. How was your weekend? Oh, uh, it was great. Great. Um, it was all right. And um, we're just looking at, you know, sometimes when we make, when we do this, we talk about these movies and then we we come sometimes we could talk about a film that was that's a hollywood movie then we come and talk about like a nigerian film and sometimes we may talk about a hollywood film and try to bring it right back to the home industry and mm-hmm. uh, and what i find interesting most of the times is the way that you know certain things that happen in different parts of the world you may think they may be unique to those societies yeah but you find that sometimes you could take a hollywood film and you find out Mm -hmm. that most of the scripts that have been written to make these movies you find that Mm -hmm. you can mirror these same scripts on local stories 
you yeah. can look at events that happen somewhere in Ghana, you can look at an event that happened somewhere in Togo, France, India. I mean, you, you find that as much as we think we are so different in different parts of the world, but you find that the problems are very similar. They are, they are just pretty much the same. Human beings are going to be human beings everywhere they are. Eventually. And the whole dynamics of humanity will play out in society. You know, we saw it. You know, Americans felt that um, COVID was a an, an American problem, and the whole masking and anti-masking <laughs> thing was only an American. But it happened. It happened in Nigeria. <laughs> People said we don't believe in it. People said we are not wearing masks. You know, so it's it, sometimes what I find fascinating is that. We can talk about an African film too, and you will see the same problems in America. That brings us to this particular movie because you see, the movie we want to talk about today is the title is Living in Bondage to start with. Living Free. Living in Bondage, uh, I think, is a sequel to the previous yeah. one that was made. They, they added an, um, it's called Breaking Free. Living in Bondage, Breaking, Breaking Free. Free. And it's a movie that was actually made by. Ramsey Noah. I think this is his first indigenous directional debut. Directional debut. Which yeah. in first of all I have to start by saying that it's it 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 hits far above my expectations. I yes. you know it it went way beyond my expectations, first of all, I would just say because sometimes you know because of the different types of movies that are being made locally, there are some that maybe have mm-hmm. poor production quality, some have very good production quality. In fact, Nollywood, as we know it, is growing as an industry and it's growing, it's, I think it's growing at an exponential rate, especially with the fact now that you're having big players coming into industry, like the mm-hmm. Netflix and the the Amazon, Amazon, uh, yeah, and Amazon's, and I mean, if they are putting in their money into the mm-hmm. local industry, it's going to change the market dynamics. You may not get an actor to come and act for you for for five million naira again, <laughs> which yeah. is which I is think good for they, their they, business. Yeah, yeah, very good. The mm-hmm. the general Nigerian media space is being um, there's a there's a big turnout. A lot of foreign media is. Let's try to get it to the act. I mean, when we reviewed this film, Olotura, we talked about the sex for grades um, scandal that happened in Nigeria. Right. It was actually sponsored by the BBC. So if we think mm-hmm. about all these things and look at all these things and put them into place, you can see that there's a focus on what's happening in Africa and there's a burning desire to tell our stories, and which is a good thing for us anyway. Very good thing, actually. We need to, you know, you know, you've seen situations where Hollywood would make a movie like, you know, you have a Denzel Washington playing the part of a Steve Biko, Steven trying Biko. to tell yeah. a, a, a South African story. You have Idris Elba trying to play Nelson Mandela, and all that. I and, mean, you three know, Americans are playing Nelson Mandela. Exactly, but this Freeman, uh, Idris Elba, Idris Elba is British, and someone else. Well, can't yeah. really recall right now. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, Terence Howard. Yeah, Terence Howard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Terence Howard. Yeah, I remember that. That you see, yeah, I just remember. That, that was one. actually a nice movie. Really. It was. I I remember I've seen that one. You know, normally those Mandela films they are a straight hits. You try and tell yeah. the kind of story, <laughs> you just jump on it. But the thing is that you see, the emphasis on 
telling local stories now is where you have a situation where people want to how do we tell our own stories because it appears that africans um if a hollywood movie director whether be it be a, um, a martin scorsese or a spike lee they come to nigeria or africa anywhere in sub-saharan africa and they want to research a story mm-hmm. and basically they take the pieces bits, bits and pieces of the research but eventually they are the ones that have to now tell their own the story but the the, mm-hmm. the emphasis the thing is shifting now to a situation where we are the ones that it appears that as much as they are bringing in the money into the industry mm-hmm. at least they are giving an, an opportunity for local directors and local filmmakers yeah. to be able to more collaboration exactly you know to tell their stories which is is good for industry um i don't know the whole market dynamics you know before people come up and start saying stuff like oh they want to take our money out of nigeria and they said maybe they will find how they'll find a system to regulate <laughs> stuff like that i think that happened with the multi-choice nigeria at some point i don't know when they felt like they anyways um that's basically you see with the fact that most of the qualities of these films are improving some of them actually are worthy of you know looking into and actually examining and shining the light on our society as we normally do on this um podcast so um today we're going to talk about living in bondage and it's actually ramsey noah's directional debut and it's written by nico asinugo and cj obasi and it has it stars swanky jka that's his given name also ramsey noah and um, Kenneth Okonkwo, amongst other, you know, great actors like Kanayo Okanayo, and also features Bob Manuel Oduku and a lot of others. You know, some of like Kanayo Okanayo was in the first um, Living in Bondage movie. movie. Yeah, he was in yeah. the first movie. So Living in Bondage, just in case uh, somebody may have watched this one for the first time, Living in Bondage, actually, this is supposed to be like a sequel of yes, of, this, of the first one because i thought maybe it was just you mm-hmm. know the way you just name movies and tell a different story but it appears to be a sequel of the um 25 years after 25 years after the first yep. one and the sequel actually has its modifications even in production and everything which i think i I like that. In fact, for me, I was just wowed with the whole production. You know, apart from the story, sometimes I look at oh, this movie, how it was made, and the approach with which I try to look at when I'm watching local films. I, I kind of like put on a different lens because, you know, <laughs> you're trying to expect something better, but you are looking at these things are up to quality. Your music is mm-hmm. good, the sound effect is good. The, the visual effect, in fact, this, the... part, this living in bondage, the effects were pure. Mm-hmm. In fact, for lack yeah. of a better word, I was I was kind of impressed. I'm like, there's something going on that we don't know. Maybe it's um new technology and um, everything, you know. So a, a uh, little... I just think it's attention to detail. You think you think it's just attention to I detail? I think it's for for a large part. I think it's attention to detail because in usually the problem with most of our uh, local movies is 
Given all the production constraints that most producers are under, try to turn a profit quickly before things go from bad to worse and, you know, given the financial limitations they have, Sometimes they tend to overlook certain things because uh, we're still growing or, well, we can't afford to do it better. But for some of these productions that we see on Netflix, like Citation, um, Olotutubre, and this one, Living in Bondage, Breaking Free, I think people actually took that time and made the film. You know, in every film, I mean, even in the top Hollywood movies, you always find where you can point out where they could have done this or where they should have done this. But for these movies, these Nollywood movies, to a large extent, they did the movie and you can't really complain about it. Yeah, you can. I think that is a function of attention to detail. Attention to detail basically is everything. You know, it's, um, yeah. it's the process that determines the product eventually. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know that we have probably transitioned from a time, the living in bondage that happened 25 years ago, as we know it even then that was also a, a it, breakthrough it, the, the it was a break it was a breakthrough but i think what it spawned was you found that producers because it became like a money maker then people would mm -hmm. have to people would have to go and buy videotapes you know yeah. videotapes then because we didn't have all this media and then what happened mm -hmm. was that you would find that filmmakers were now they had this audience it was about money so mm -hmm. there was more emphasis on quantity than quality of which people spawned out tons and tons of movies they mm -hmm. spawned out tons and tons of movies people would get into production for like maybe three weeks a month but i think mm -hmm. it, i think in hindsight it wasn't it was a good thing because all these things that happened had to lead mm -hmm. to where we are in industry and, yeah. and Nigeria as a country, these are some of the things that of necessity should would mm -hmm. have brought the light on Hollywood. It became an industry. It was making money. It was our indigenous thing. We were telling our local stories, not in our most perfect way, of course, because of the mm -hmm. challenges that, you know, feel less mm -hmm. challenges are humongous, poor production, poor lights, Poor equipment, you know, you're still dealing with infrastructure. So sometimes when you think about all these things, you have to applaud most of these um, people who even in the, the the ones that actually they started in history that may not even okay. be producing today. You know, there have some there have been some great filmmakers in in Nigeria yeah, then who tried the AG Rose, you know, the Zig Zulus. There are many of them. I mean, these modern ones like the Steve Gukas and the rest of them now that are doing they they at least they had something to build on is what i just um it's just what i believe mm -hmm. yeah. what do you really think about this um like this particular film now it's living in bondage for anybody that knows the story it's basically i'll just give a a quick rundown then we can um look at it the movie basically the reason I said it's it's not something that I know that you can shine a torch on an international community. It may be going on. I don't know. But the mm -hmm. issue of, you know, people making money through mystic blood and sacrifice. barbaric means like blood sacrifice and having to kill somebody to be able to make money. So 
living in bondage basically talks about how people join a cult and they join a cult so that they can have access to wealth and it normally comes in the form of a group like in this particular mm-hmm. story um it tells the story of um a young man called Namdi Okeke and um mm-hmm. he basically you know goes through hard times and then he bumps into i just want to cut to the chase where he now gets to the point where he meets or moves into the circle of a Richard Williams played by Ramsey Ramsey Noah who happens to be a cultist and mm-hmm. You know, after enticing him for a long time and he's enjoying the life he's living, then he is, of course, prompted to do a sacrifice. And the sacrifice Mm -hmm. means that you must choose somebody that you love the most and sacrifice that person and kill that person. And basically, the blood of that person or the, the head or the limbs or whatever it is will now be used as as um a means to keep your wealth going on and the big contrasts from the living in bondage the one that was done like 25 years ago and the one that we watch now is that there are a lot of modifications i mean i i can remember a scene where even ramsey noah (laughs) said that you think this is the old hollywood or something along those lines that you think we, we think this is the old Nollywood. That all you need to do is go bring the name of the person and we'll just um, fix it. We'll take it from there. We'll take okay. it from there. And then here you are now being in the new one. You are now referencing somebody called a Dark Lord, <laughs> which in fact, mm-hmm. for lack of a better description, probably Satan <laughs> or something. So I, it's it looks mystic. It looks... I promise you, a foreigner may watch this film. Somebody in Italy may watch this film and feel this is fantasy. But what do you think? Well, for me, why I why I like this um, sequel to the original one is it's very it's very believable. I mean, we watch all sorts of movies. We if we can, there's so many angles to it. We can start with the whole comic superhero thing where the superheroes it's extraterrestrial beings coming to take over planets and stuff we have those angles we have the witch we have things like the witcher that was on netflix yeah we have if you go back in time a bit we can go all the way to conan where they were actually doing sacrifices of human beings and that's right actually. i mean if you look at 300 they told him to sacrifice you know, he went there and they had Virgin, you know, hanging in some mystical thing. And she does her thing. And then the people that were, you know, the priests that were tended to her told him that he has to do the war a certain way. And they were bribed. Now, you know, all these things. The truth about it is, the, where human race is coming from, there has been a time where people used to engage in barbaric practices. What mm. we can call it, barbaric practices. And so... In some of our movies, it just shows that in some parts of of our land, there are certain things that are still held as sacrosanct or are still believed. Some people feel, those who are educated, feel that most of these things are urban myths. But at the same time, you can't just discount them because they are very popular in the society. I mean, if we look at Da Vinci Code, 
yeah. that came out recently. You know, there was a, the whole Mason angle and the whole Illuminati and all those things. There were sacrifices. There were things that were done, you know, that were not normal. Things that were above the ordinary. Yes, they always find a way to explain it simply. But the truth of the matter is, at every given stage or at every given time, in every genre and almost everywhere in the world, you find the mystic or the supernatural, you know, happening. So I don't, I don't say it as, as something out of the ordinary. I actually feel that this particular one makes it easier for a foreign audience to understand some of our older movies in the past. And I'm happy with the sequel to the movie that sort of started it all. Because if you are a foreigner and you want to get into what happens and why are people always tie red cloths to kill people to get make money and stuff. <laughs> yeah. If you watch Living in Bondage, the first one, and you watch the second one, everything becomes clear. Yeah. Everything becomes clear. Like, okay, so this was happening. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a movie. And you can, you know, it's a movie you can get on. But then the people in the society have a lot of examples of, you know, popular incidents that are tied to similar things. So you can't just discount it out of hand. You can't discount it out of hand, actually. I totally agree. What it does for me is that it makes me look at... I could watch a foreign film now, like... Um, I think I've watched a couple of movies that talk about the the Salem witch trials. And, yes. You know, uh -huh. But that those are actually documented in history. And mm -hmm. for somebody who lives in one end of the earth somewhere on this planet and comes across this movie may categorize it as fantasy because he may not be able to scientifically map a situation where of course okay how does sacrificing somebody or chopping off somebody's head lead to wealth creation wealth creation there is no scientific map of course the basic wealth creation you start a business you write a book you do something it goes bust you become you know something that you do and get money which makes sense but now mm -hmm. if we look at it from a local film this film was actually made and coined out from factual events which may surprise a lot of people it was coined out from some things that probably had happened in society not in the it's not it was not chronicling the story a true story of somebody but it actually just mirrors what has happened and probably is still happening in mm -hmm. our society here ritual killings which for people who um, um like myself you know you cannot really say how does this thing work because i mean if you are if you are dealing with or you had into um, understanding too much of how atoms <laughs> bond together <laughs> instead of um, mm -hmm. dwelling on flying dragons, you basically will start asking yourself, okay, what is the map? How does it map? How does it um, reach out? Because when I see flying dragons, I'm just thinking fantasy. This is not real. Yeah. And so when I see something like this, I just imagine myself that if I had not read news media mm -hmm. somewhere, that basically has said that look this thing happened and it has mm -hmm. reached um and this is what happened and this is how it led to 
to um, what has happened. And now a film that tries to expose the inner workings of how these things happened mm-hmm. had um, uh, taken place. So for me, I'm thinking like our, our society now, the popular one that I think um, I know about was um, the um, Otokoto Hotel ritual murder. Yeah. And that happened somewhere in the Imo state in Oweri in Nigeria, where, mm-hmm. um, according to this story, there's a guy they call Chief Otokoto. And his name, I think, is so what, his name is mm-hmm. Chief Vincent Duru. Yeah, you, you, you really, you want to, can you, can you give me a run? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, please, please. So what happened was um, a young boy, a groundnut seller, a peanut seller, mm-hmm. or, for those who might not understand what groundnuts are, yeah. was lured into a popular hotel called Otokoto, in a worry, right. and he was beheaded. This mm-hmm. was done by the gardener at the hotel, a 32-year-old guy who was looking for a guy called Innocent in Kenya. He was mm-hmm. trying to do this on behest of certain other members of the cult who told him that if he could provide the vital parts of a young boy, he will be he'll get access to humongous amount of wealth. Now, unfortunately for him, as at the time he committed this act and was trying to get the body parts to the person who he alleged wanted him to provide his body parts, the person wasn't at home. Uh, a chief a chief uh, Onagu was not at home. Mm. So he had to carry the parts on a bike, on a means of transportation on a bike, mm. back to where he was coming from. Mm. Unfortunately for him, blood was leaking in the polythene bag where he had the body parts. Mm. And the bike man that carried him alerted the police and he was arrested. His arrest led to a confession that he was doing it for money rituals. And he did it at a popular place called Otokoto Hotel. So, in trying to be transparent, the news media and everybody exposed the incident with a picture of the guy holding the young boy's head. And this angered a lot of people because at that time, there were so many young people that were disappearing without explanations. Where is our 10-year-old boy? Where is our 9-year-old daughter? Just disappearing. Hmm. No body found, nothing. Just gone. So, it led people to believe that okay, that this guy is part of a huge ring of people who take these young people and kill them for whatever purposes. And so because there was not a hotel that they could focus on, it led to anger and an uprising, and it led to what they called the popular Otokoto riots that lasted for two days, where the hotel was brought down and all the properties related to the people that were involved in the incident were destroyed. So that's the basic premise of the real life incident that happened. Excellent premise because the the thing is, I I know I have lived in that town. I have been a long time ago though, and uh, I was mm-hmm. privy to to see some of these people. You know, they could be in a in a car, or they would pass or somewhere or something, and um, but some somehow like even at that time, like I wasn't of them that if they said they were doing an, a riot that I would be the one that <laughs> maybe I probably might not <laughs> because of because of lack of understanding or maybe as mm-hmm. at that time or the age or how old I was then I felt oh this is not exactly what should be worrying me but I heard about it 
but you see even yeah. at that time there was my there was a perception i had about mm-hmm. it i didn't know really i heard about the kidnappings mm-hmm. i knew about the kidnappings and you know people were getting missing in fact at that time your parents may even warn you and tell you look you better not find yourself outside or something because they are kidnapping people but a lot of people didn't know why people were getting kidnapped so this living in bondage that came out then i think the first version that came out about 25 years ago for lack of um a proper the film actually came out like three years before the incident it means that somebody was trying to shine a light on what was going on because i look at the Mm -hmm. film came out in 1992 93 and the otokoto riots happened in 1996 before they got him and Mm -hmm. so the thing here is that this film yes it may have some you know visual effects that may be unreal per se but somebody that watches this film from one distant part and feel no this is a this is fiction is the way i could watch a very strange film from another country talking about magical things and stuff i'll say no this is a lie then somebody from that society may come and say no 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 this thing is something that is going on in one corner street in france or something and that's what's going on because this thing is going on here or at least as mm-hmm. at that time it was really hot before the thing now mm-hmm. went bust and went mainstream um and in the media so mm-hmm. the film the, i think the first living in bondage basically like somebody may have leaked something that may have created a story and then they tell it um they, it now yeah. goes into a film and they make a, a, a film about it a couple of things about the film now i do remember because it's been a long time i saw the first living in bondage and mm-hmm. one of the things i was looking out for because there are things you look out for when you watch a sequel or a remake of a film i was mm-hmm. looking for the scene where the you actually come and swear the blood oath or come and join the cult or where they initiate you into the cult mm-hmm. And I am looking at the first version of the film, Living in Bondage. And I'm thinking that, you know, it was basic people standing in front of some guy. And, um, and um, they put, you, you put your hand on your chest and you swear and you live. I can't remember the details of what happened. But in this new, new version, in all honesty, I was so impressed. Because what I was looking for is, okay, how are you going to do it? How are you going yeah. to make the new version? And then we see them, you know, they have a circle with, I don't know whether they had a hex in the middle and they had somebody, mm-hmm. somebody laying down the, yes, it's supposed to be gruesome. It's not, I mean, people are trying to join a dark cult. So, but I was yeah. trying to see how the film will capture um, it. And I think well, the brilliant. I, the it was brilliant. brilliant. It was, it was brilliant. And like when I said it superseded my expectations because I, I was like, okay, living in bondage, what are they going to do? Let me just, you know. And then um, when I saw it, I said, ah, these people put in some work here, actually. They actually did put in some work. So, and then the black smoke and, you know, the black smoke and everything. So, mm-hmm. I felt maybe it's because of the eye, with which, you know, sometimes they say it's better to undersell or um, underpromise and oversell than, <laughs> than mm-hmm. oversell and underpromise. So, maybe if i was watching it as a hollywood movie i would just say okay this is basic what i need to expect but maybe because i was watching it as a nigerian film which actually 
is um it's still it's still actually very 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 the film has international standard it's it's i can't it's yes it's an hollywood film but it has international standard yeah there are international films i've watched with worse quality so oh, oh absolutely i agree even in terms of storylines there were modifications yeah. in the storyline you know they tried to mm-hmm. do a proper sequel where they tried to mm-hmm. link the story you know they bring in um kenneth okonkwo as the same and okk and they try to make mm-hmm. a lineage you know at least they make an effort to try to tell a story because for me you know when you watch like a huge maybe marvel blockbuster and you're trying to link the story about how magneto is um wanda's father or mm-hmm. scarlet which is father you are looking at you you know mm-hmm. the whole way they are trying to tell you how ultron killed wanda's brother and all that somebody actually sits down in front of a typewriter and writes these stories and yeah. i don't really know how much is accorded the brilliance that come that comes with the, the the people who tell these stories but i think i like the work that was put in with regards to you know making an effort to even if you're telling a story about flying dragons but try to put some logic in it which i mm-hmm. actually feel i found in in it there's no movie that will come out that will not have critics or criticism of it can never be perfect even if you're a hollywood film you go there and look at the rotten tomatoes and people who review this they will they can shred it for what is what but in all honesty i want to look at the good sides and also with a promise of better indigenous films that come that comes out from you know sub-saharan africa ghana and uh, nigeria and other other countries let's take a break and then we'll just come right back okay um welcome back we are going to look at with the rise of the local film industry with a lot of good films i mean well now we are having the technologies coming in to create a good movie like um living in bondage and um a couple of other good new films that have come that that have been released like you have mentioned the citation and a couple of good other good ones now you see i want to cite an example you see in terms of content our local content or let me say african stories per se so what we noticed like when the Igbo film industry started a couple of years back and it was just like you know Igbo films mainly i think even living in bondage was traditionally mainly an Igbo film if i'm correct uh, i think it, i it think was, that that's um the uh, first, it's the, the thing first about version. those movies yeah the, the thing about version. those movies yeah they're not necessarily Igbo in the sense that the Igbo films mm. i think where the where the 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 confusion sometimes comes into place the the predominant tribe that was making those movies at that time were Igbo. yeah but they were making it for the general nigerian audience you know yeah. there are other tribes that do films strictly in their language but this yeah. film was done in english you know once in a, once in a while because that is the new version Igbo place yeah because it's set in an evil place that they do other things but you know a lot of films 
a lot of those films were done by Igbo people and they, they saw the opportunity to get to the market because the Igbo tribe generally that most of them are, are, are merchants and businessmen and they handle a lot of trade in Nigeria and based on that they had an ecosystem of of needs that segued into the whole filmmaking industry which I'll go into later but mm. generally most of the films even though they had a lot of Igbo people and Igbo speaking they weren't necessarily made predominantly for an Igbo audience yes i think it was subtitled if i do remember so that yes, people can and even if they had made the first one and the first release without a subtitle mm. they would put a subtitle like most french and italian films that i mm -hmm. see sometimes i enjoy some of those films because i want to know about other cultures i want to know what's happening mm -hmm. around the world through films because there are countries you probably will never travel to but you may get to learn about them through film yeah so the, the yeah. thing is it was made in that in in that in that language 25 years ago and um mm -hmm. as as the years have gone by we noticed that our films start fizzling into they started it now watered back into english which is the predominant language i've spoken in nigeria and i believe the main purpose was to get to a wider audience that was beyond mm -hmm. the Igbo speaking audience alone yeah. and and what um, my observations were were that you find that some of these films had very foreign themes what i mean by foreign themes is for example you know we had a period where you had a lot of romantic films which seems to be resonating among people who watch films within our region there and um you had films that may have had some kind of you know foreign films that it had foreign culture and then you find um people would you know speak in a certain kind of way that was not indigenously nigerian they didn't sound nigerian may sound foreign and i have nothing against some of those films i really actually enjoy those films because people actually live like that in nigeria mm -hmm. and west coast of africa that is their life and maybe they are telling their own stories through film now the thing is the issue of what is going to gain ground in the market space of movies per se and i feel that if we can tell you know different stories because you see the beauty of most of these films are the multiplicity of stories that can be told it does not always have to be one genre you can tell a story about a carpenter i've even seen a a, a movie that uh Afolaya did that it was centered just around a mechanical workshop and that yeah called mechanic yes i saw that film and i kind of yeah. like I, but yeah, I like the idea. Movie, yeah. In that movie, the there's a there's a there's a chap there that okay, no, that's not the same movie. But there's a there's a similar movie that's also centered around the mechanic workshop that has this guy that was living in bondage in the same in the movie as well. Mm, okay, I haven't but seen not Mokalik. Mokalik is a different movie though. Yeah, so the, the general idea is that you see multiple stories and that's really for anybody who has lived in lagos and you have ever been to a mechanic you know workshop to fix mm -hmm. your car or something it will tell yeah. you so somebody so you see how a filmmaker can go into a particular space and um, tell stories and pull out stories and even if you run it for one hour two hours or one and a half hour movie presentation and say something but it has taken the viewer from one end of the earth into mm -hmm. that particular space to see what exactly happens and you know you subtitle it in english it reaches across um you know a multiple 
um, audience at the end of the day. And that is one of the reasons why I feel like um, I feel that there is there is a huge promise, especially with the influx of these international players. I think you, you did even send me a job um, uh-huh. application that Amazon is looking for for local content developers mm-hmm. you know so it's telling you that anybody yeah. anybody knows that what is happening since netflix is there and they are beginning to make their own independent productions with their own money you find that if people like amazon to come in there with their own play i don't know the politics of what will happen later like i said before <laughs> they say no oh, they're coming to take our money out of <laughs> i don't know how that's going to play out <laughs> but i believe yeah, that's, that that's our political people those ones are those ones are a special case i feel if they can regulate it well they can see because most of these movies will be shown to hundreds of millions of people across the planet and i am sure most of these people they will make a lot of emphasis on quality and present it in such a way that an international audience can accept it it will create international stars it will create a situation where even some hollywood filmmakers may feel oh we want to cross sell a movie to reach a mm-hmm. sub-saharan audience and we need a this type of actor that you know resonates with this audience and they cross i think mm-hmm. I'm, hollywood is doing it with bollywood already there are some movies yeah. they go and get one indian actor like this film was a was a cross was a cross um cross production how i don't know how they say it slumdog millionaire it was a mixture of exactly. hollywood and hollywood. i think it's a that's a perfect example you see yeah. and it's i mean in basic cross-selling it's cross, it's cross, cross, well, cross carpeting, cross selling, whatever we call it. But the whole idea is like, you know, when you match a P square and you match a P square with a recross, recross what are you trying TI. to do? Or a TI, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. You are trying to sell to an international audience, which brings more mm-hmm. money, which is actually good for business. My only concern basically would be how they will manage it locally in terms of at least let it not be a situation where um monies that would have come to our local economy being knowledge mm-hmm. would now ship its way out into some foreign uh, corporation i'm sure they'll have a, an agreement where because i mean if you can do a nigerian film and if we can do a nigerian a hollywood stroke hollywood film and you can let's hypothetically say make a profit of 10 million dollars and even if it's just half of that that comes into the nigeria system that five million dollars in the nigeria system means is way over two billion naira. so yeah five million dollars over two billion naira is is a huge is That's huge it. profit in the nigerian industry so that alone is already more than enough you know so it's a gradual process you know rome wasn't built today Hollywood took years and years to get to where they are, you know. Mm, absolutely. One of the things I just hope and I pray is that uh, our local film makers will be carried along so that it does not become a situation where we have a, a you know, um, maybe a, um, a Martin Scorsese, just as an example, because I love his films. And he mm-hmm. <clears throat> he comes to and does this deal with Netflix and comes to Nigeria and feels that, okay, he wants to make an African film and then he's going to... So I just believe that they, they want to do it right. I've read some of the articles that have been posted about it and I think they are doing it right. They have um, local mm-hmm. representation. 
I think they are head of um their head of local uh, content development is supposed to be from Kenya, I think. And um, mm-hmm. they manage that space and they try to carry our local filmmakers along. So because I know that once an actor knows that he can get a 10, a 10 million naira of a Netflix money, I doubt if you want to do a local project with a local film director for a certain amount of money basically it, it probably may just influence the economics of the film if i mean if mm-hmm. because the platform can get you to a global audience where the uh, there are some local films that probably will be shown in a local nigerian cinema or shown in some mm-hmm. particular um um parts of nigeria as the case may be so anything really much last words or you think you about this film well, for for me what i'll tell people is if you want to watch a good movie that shows that explains the whole mysticism of making money from rituals in nigeria i think you should watch the level in bondage series you can watch just one you can watch any of them in any order it doesn't really betray anything that much but you can start with the first one if you can get it i think it's on youtube level in bondage then you mm-hmm. can watch the second one, Living in Bondage, Breaking Free, part two. It's a window into the whole concept of blood sacrifice and ritual, ritual money making in the Nigerian space. It, you know, and there are stories that you can research that are about true incidents that are related to these things. Just gets a complete insight. But all in all, it's a very good film. The music was perfectly done. I think it was done by this popular um, media personality, Larry Gaga. He he produced really? the score of the music. Yeah, he did the music of Lady Bondage. He had mm-hmm. he handled the whole musical project. So you know, Brilliant. the music was superbly done. The film was well shot. Ramzinora did well as a director, and he did well while he played his role as the elusive Richard Williams the leader of the Brotherhood of the Six in Living in Bondage. It's a very good film. You will enjoy it. Humor in the right places. Suspense in the right places. Watch it if you can. I totally agree. I cannot lie that the end of that film may have given me the same chills I may have gotten when I watched The Usual Suspects. Not an overrating Mm -hmm. because the music, the perfect way it just filtered out was perfect mm-hmm. i feel like i couldn't fault it you know with being, yeah. and maybe i'm still looking at it within the lenses of you know we are looking at local film and international film making those comparisons but i promise you i i was a bit um i think i'm i, I was impressed based on my expectations actually so i would recommend for anybody who it's available on netflix now and i think when they do that it's global i don't know that they filter out yes, our, it's, our it content. should be global I don't yeah. know if yeah, African content is filtered from the international audience. Yeah, because there but are a lot of at the very least, it's, co- it's, it's, it's continent-wide. Yeah, yeah. At, at the very least, I'm sure it's available in everybody, every Netflix, in the African and Middle East region. African I'm sure sphere. you can have access to it. But yeah. I think the main ones, like Lionheart, you know, Level in Bondage, uh, Citation and Co., have mm. global, you know, global viewership. Right. That's good. Okay. No problem. I think we had a very good discussion, Onyeka. Yeah. Man, thanks once again for your reasonable inputs. <laughs> yeah. Love and light. And don't kill anybody for money. It's don't do it. it. It's not worth it. 
It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Have a good one. Uh, safe. All right. Safe. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow our podcast on Facebook at Remote Talkatives, and that's Talkatives with an E-R. Or you can follow on Twitter at R-Talkatives, and that's also Talkatives with an E-R. Now, we post movies that we're going to talk about before we actually publish them on Spotify and any place you listen to your podcast. You can also send us an email at podcast at remotetalkatives.com. You can send us feedback, tell us what you think, suggest a movie, or just basically comment on some of the things that you feel should have happened based on what we have talked about. We welcome feedback and we thank you once again for listening and we will see you next week with another discussion.